Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast from NBC Sports Edge. This is our weekly MLB Power Rankings show where we'll break down my weekly MLB Power Rankings that go up on NBC Sports Edge every Tuesday. I'm Drew Silva. You might notice if you're watching this that I have a very weird sunburn because uh, I like wore a backwards hat at the pool on Saturday uh, and then went for a bike ride today. But anyway, uh, joining me here and every week throughout the regular season is Janice Scurrio, who does not have a weird sunburn. Uh, <laughs> welcome in, Janice. I'll, I'll start the show as usual by asking you or whatever you want to weigh in on, but what, what's one thing that you're looking forward to around the baseball world this upcoming week? Yeah, there were a lot of things to choose from, so I had a hard time selecting, but I am going to pick uh, the Astros and Red Sox are squaring off tomorrow, uh, Tuesday. Uh, so tomorrow's pitching matchup, we've got Frambert uh, Valdez versus Martin Perez uh, tomorrow on Tuesday. So uh, Valdez is making his third start on Tuesday after coming off the injured list. So uh, he held the Red Sox to one run off five hits and in seven innings in his last start. Uh, he's been doing very well. Uh, as for uh, Martin Perez, uh, he, he has won his last four starts. Uh, so uh, in his last start, also against the Astros, he pitched a season-high seven and two-thirds innings. So he's got a 182 ERA with a 26 uh, strikeout-to-walk ratio, which I think is pretty good. That That's pretty good, right? But anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, it'll be pretty good. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't give you enough time to react to the joke there. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see how uh, these two southpaws uh, fare up against each other tomorrow. Yeah, Valdez has certainly been a big boost for that Houston rotation coming off that finger injury that I remember the initial reports were that he like might miss the, the rest of the season or the entire regular season because there was talk that he might need uh, surgery on it, avoided that, and has looked great so far after uh, missing the first two months of the season. Um, yeah, just a reminder, we're back to recording this on Monday night. So listeners just keep that in mind. I think we did like Tuesday morning, the last two Tuesdays because of Memorial day. And, and you were at the game with your mom, uh, white Sox game with your mom the week before that, but should be Monday nights moving forward for the most part. Um, before we get into the rankings, a special offer for our listeners use promo code save 10 for 10% off any premium subscription, for NBC Sports Edge Plus, it can be either monthly or annual. And for any tier, not only do you get access to the baseball season tools, but your subscription also covers NBA, NHL, and NFL content. So it's a great value and can help you if you just play baseball or if you have your hand in all sports. So remember, it's promo code SAVE10. You can go to NBCSports.com slash premium to get started. Uh, also, the app is back. Don't forget to download the NBC Sports Edge app to receive real-time player news, mobile alerts, track your favorite players. Plus, you can now check out articles and player cards. We'll be adding, adding other features to that app like these podcasts in the near future. The Apple App Store, Google Play, wherever you get your apps. All right, let's uh, move on to the rankings. We'll hit on all the teams in the top five and then discuss the three biggest risers and the three biggest fallers from last week to this week. If you want rankings and individual observations on all 30 teams, 
look for the column every Tuesday at NBC Sports Edge. Usually goes up late morning, early afternoon. All right, let's do this. The top five. All right, let's do this. Uh, yeah, it looks like most teams that you have listed here have held somewhat of a holding pattern. Uh, you do have a little bit of movement here, but we'll get back into that in a little bit. Uh, but we'll, we'll start off with a number one. So number one, uh, definitely holding true to the, to the holding pattern uh, are the Tampa Bay Rays. Now, through Sunday, the, thir- the Rays have the third highest run differential in all of baseball at plus 75. Uh, so they're only behind the White Sox, who are at plus 85, and the Dodgers, who are at plus 83. Uh, so Austin Meadows is one player uh, who's been tearing it up. Uh, so yeah, he's a Currently leading the majors with 39 RBIs since the start of play on May 2nd and on a 10-game hitting streak. Yeah, they they jumped into the number one spot for me last week, and they stay there after splitting a four-game series with the Yankees to start off last week's slate, and then they took two of three from the Rangers over the weekend, a 25-8 and record since May 2nd. And you cited May 2nd as when uh, Austin Meadows really got going. Rich Hill, I would put in that category too. He's been a heck of a pickup for Tampa Bay. Signed signed for one year, $2.5 million in mid-February. Went five shutout innings on 59 pitches Saturday against the Rangers, lowering his ERA to 3.05 in the process. His width is at 0.98, 63 strikeouts and 62 innings. And Hill was not very good in April, which makes those numbers all the more impressive. A 0.68 ERA, a DeGrom-like 0.68 ERA over his last seven starts since the beginning of May. So this team has just really clicked over the last month plus and have mostly carried that into June. Um, I'm sure Hill would like to be working deeper into games. It's it's weird when you get pulled at 59 pitches uh, through five shutout innings, but we know how the Rays operate and – they don't like their their starters facing the lineup for a third time, and they have a bigger picture in mind uh, as the reigning AL champs. Hill's also 41 years old with some durability issues recently, so maybe this is the right strategy in the long run to keep him healthy. And we should soon see Wander Franco and Vidal Brujan, too, some of the very best prospects in all of baseball. That mid-June Super 2 date is about to pass, or you know, sometime next week it will pass, and Franco right now at AAA Durham is batting 313 with a 922 OPS. Whoa. Is batting 305 with a 949 OPS with seven homers and 13 stolen bases in 27 games. So the rich will get richer, or I guess in the case of the Rays, the the poor will get richer. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> Oh, my. Uh, Yeah. So regarding the Rays, uh, we will definitely see an interesting matchup uh, next week uh, as they are facing the number two team in your rankings, the Chicago White Sox, who climb up one spot uh, from number three last week. So I've been writing about Liam Hendricks quite a bit. Uh, He was named AL Reliever of the Month for May. uh, And so rightfully so. On Sunday, uh, he converted his 11th straight save opportunity and earned his 15th overall for 2021, which is pretty cool. Um, Even cooler, he has not allowed an earned run since April 24th uh, in 15 innings pitched during that stretch. So he certainly established himself as the White Sox closer. Um, that, that, that is what they are paying him the big bucks for. Uh, so really happy to see that production from Liam. Yeah, the White Sox took uh, three of four from the Tigers to finish off last week's slate as they should have, as you would expect them to. Ten wins over the last 14 games to open up a four-game lead on first place in the American League Central standings. And 
I know your feelings on the man, Janice, but Tony Larusa did pass John McGraw on Sunday for sole possession of second place on the all-time managerial wins list. That's uh, great. Yeah, still trails Connie Mack by 967 wins. Uh, so yeah, Larissa's not going to catch Connie Mack. No one ever will. Uh, Connie Mack started managing in 1894 at age 31, uh, and then officially retired in 1950 at age 87. I could see like a modern manager beginning his career that young, like in his early 30s. It would not shock me. Uh, but lasting until his late 80s, his or her late 80s, I'd open up that possibility too in the future, but with steady employment, like for that long of a stretch, I just don't see any manager reaching that mountaintop. It seems very doubtful. Um, as for a player to highlight, you, you mentioned Liam Hendricks, uh, Dylan Cease, he got roughed up by the Indians in his first start of June, uh, six earned runs in just three and a third innings, but bounced back with 10 strikeouts over seven scoreless in a 3-0 win over Detroit on Sunday. Cease now is a 3.36 ERA, 11.4 K per nine through 12 total starts this year. So he's been terrific. We love to see it. So at number three, climbing up two spots from number five uh, are the Boston Red Sox. Uh, so one player uh, who's been doing very well for them, a uh, Hunter Renfro, uh, he had a pretty hot May. Uh, so he's, he's continuing to swing the bat well. Uh, so on uh, Sunday, he went one for four at Yankee Stadium, extending his hitting streak to 10 games and his career long on base streak to 15 games. Uh, so now uh, during this hitting streak, uh, he's hitting 485 with 11 runs, seven doubles, two homers and four RBI. Yeah, swept the arch-rival Yankees over the weekend. They beat the Marlins on Monday. Uh, that was like a weird makeup game, 5 o'clock p.m. Eastern time start. Um, so they're a season-high 14 games above 500, the Red Sox right now. 15-3 and three in their last 18 games against AL East opponents. They lead all of Major League Baseball with 21 come-from-behind wins. Ooh. I keep expecting a, a downturn of some sort. We talk about this every week, but it, it hasn't happened yet, and we're – now in week 10, um, good health is probably a huge factor here in the sustained success beyond the comeback victories and beating up on division rivals. Uh, but in a year in which we're probably going to have a, a record-breaking number of injured list stints across Major League Baseball, all these soft tissue issues um, and the COVID stuff, the Red Sox only have two players currently sitting on the IL. That's Chris Sale, who's working back from Tommy John surgery and about ready to face live hitters. And then Ryan Brazier, a reliever who's been out all year with a calf strain. So they've had a significant advantage over the rest of the league when it comes to health and you know putting the roster on the field that you thought you were going to put on the field coming out of the spring. J.D. Martinez, Rafael Devers, Xander Bogarts, Alex, Alex Verdugo all have been pretty much healthy. Um, and, and that lineup has clicked. And I don't know, at some point, I guess I got to stop expecting there to be a downturn. <laughs> I think I remember you earlier saying that you weren't too sold on the pitching staff. Uh, yeah. So as they've come along, uh, what, in your opinion, uh, do, do you think has changed, if anything, there? Not much. <laughs> I still expect <laughs> I still expect that at some point to kind of implode. I mean, Nathan Ivaldi, Eduardo Rodriguez, Garrett Richards, Nick Pavetta, Martin Perez have all pitched better than I expected them to. Um, will they continue to? I mean, we're, we're one third of the way through the season. We'll see if they can carry that, that over into the, 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 the next two thirds of the season. And, and that bullpen too, like Matt Barnes, you know, he's, he's been good 
but I, I just don't really see the depth there. I don't really know what, how they're they're doing what they're doing beyond the offense, which is obvious. But yeah, I, I expect the pitching to kind of come back to earth at some point. Um, maybe not though. I'm going up to Massachusetts, like Cape Cod, in early July, and um, maybe at that point they'll have started to fall back to earth a bit. We'll see. A lot of, a lot of Red Sox fans up that way. I, I should. We'll be looking at your mentions later for angry Red Sox fans. Yeah. All right, so at number four, climbing up two spots uh, are the San Francisco Giants. Last week, they were number six. Uh, so, yeah, there are so many good things clicking for this team. Uh, so Brandon Crawford is uh, playing some surprisingly good defense. Uh, I, I don't know if he should be that good at defense. At what He's 34, I believe. Yeah, he's getting up there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so really interesting, really great to see. Uh, otherwise, uh, yeah, lots of just really interesting stories coming off this Giants team. Yeah, like I said, we're a little over the, a third of the way through the season now, and the Giants sit in first place in the National League West standings. I don't think anyone would have predicted that out of the gate. Uh, so it was time to vault them over the Padres and Dodgers, who've both gone four and six over their last ten games. The Giants are seven and three over their last ten, with I, I believe the best record in baseball right now. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, it's I, I know some Giants fans in my Twitter mentions wanted that boost to come earlier. But, yeah, I've finally given in, and now we'll see how long they can stick above those clubs without Evan Longoria, who's down four to six weeks with a shoulder sprain, and Mike Yastrzemski, who landed on the IL last week with a right thumb sprain. That's two big bats uh, that they're missing. But, yeah, to keep it positive, I mean, the pitching's been great. Kevin Gossman Mm -hmm. allowed only two unearned runs while striking out ten batters over seven innings in his last turn Saturday against the Cubs. He hasn't given up an earned run since May 14th when he racked up 12 strikeouts over eight innings of one run ball in Pittsburgh. Now as a 1.27 ERA, 0.76 whip, 93 to 16 strikeouts walk ratio in 77 and two thirds innings this season. Gausman is the fourth pitcher in MLB history with 90 plus strikeouts and a sub 1.30 ERA through 12 appearances in any season. And that list that he joins there is incredible. 1971 Vita Blue, 95 strikeouts, 1.03 ERA through 12 appearances. 2000 Pedro Martinez, peak Pedro, 121 strikeouts, 0.99 ERA. 2018 Justin Verlander, 98 strikeouts, 1.11 ERA. And then 2021 Kevin Gossman, 93 strikeouts, 1.27 ERA through 12 starts. Jacob deGrom could maybe become... The fifth there, that, w- that would be kind of a safe prediction, but he's at nine starts, not 12. So he, he's got three more to go to become the fifth pitcher on that list. Oh, yeah. I wrote about Gausman in uh, the week that was uh, kind of perhaps predicting that uh, he or DeGrom could possibly start the All-Star game for the yeah. National League, assuming uh, that both of them are, are likely to be selected. Uh, but a really interesting kind of parallel seasons they, they've kind of had. Yep. So uh, – not to go too much off into Jacob deGrom for a moment, but we're going to go into your number five uh, pick for the week. Uh, you have the San Diego Padres sliding down a little bit uh, to number two. So a really cool factoid I saw. So on Saturday, Saturday, Fernando Tatis Jr. won his first matchup with Jacob deGrom. Uh, so uh, he shot a liner to right field and uh, hustled for a double. Uh, so the pitch that deGrom threw, however, uh, is the more more interesting part. So it was a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, a couple of inches out the outside corner, and that's the fastest pitch that Tatis has recorded a hit on in his career. Wow. 
that's good stuff, James. <laughs> <laughs> you, you came prepared. <laughs> um, yeah, the Padres are they're playing against the Cubs right now as we record this on Monday night. 0-0 in the top of the first, so that game just got going. Uh, they got swept by Chicago at Wrigley Field to open up last week's slate, then split a four-game series against the Mets. Uh, six losses in their last eight games going into this one Monday against the Cubs. So, yeah, the drop from number two to number five this week, but uh, there's no real reason for panic, especially with Blake Snell turning in his best start of the season on Friday against the Mets. We touched on some concerns about Snell last week, but he went seven shutout innings versus the Mets. Um, again, that was on Friday. One hit, one walk, 10 strikeouts, reached the 100 pitch mark for the first time this year. Also pitched beyond the sixth inning for the first time this year, got his ERA back under five. And then, yeah, you, you mentioned Tatis Jr. He just keeps providing excitement night after night. He's on pace for 50, 45 home runs and 35 wow. stolen bases, despite a couple of different IL stints, first for the dislocated shoulder, then the COVID-19 scare. If he had played in all the Padres' 61 games so far, we could be talking about a 50-50 pace, which has never happened in MLB history, a 50-homer, 50-steal season. And there have only been four 40-40 seasons, which he it's still within the realm of possibility for him if he can stay healthy the rest of the way. And those were by Barry Bonds, Alex Rodriguez, Alfonso Soriano, and Jose Canseco. So, yeah, wow. if Tatis stays healthy, he's going to join some elite company and, and, and just keeps producing. It feels like uh, Tatis's dislocated shoulder was like three years ago. It feels like it was so long ago. And the fact that he's been producing has been just a distraction. Uh, so uh, really great to see that amount of production from him. Yeah, and I, I, I was really worried that they had brought him back too quickly, that this was Me something too. that we yeah. And we'll see. I mean, we're, we're still not that far away from it, even though it does feel like three years ago. All right, so there's your top five, and now we're going to go into your biggest risers for the week. So at number nine, uh, climbing a couple of spots from number 12 are the Milwaukee Brewers. So one player I've been talking about quite a bit is Willie Adamas. So uh, he's been doing very well since uh, he's been acquired from the Rays. Now it says that the Rays um, don't make a bad trade, but it looks as if that this, this trade is actually doing very well for the Brewers. You're shaking your head like, oh, actually, I kind of disagree with <laughs> No, I, I think it was a fair trade. The, the Rays got two relievers. J.P. Fire Eisen's been good. Right. Yeah. I, think it, I mean, I think it was a fair trade, and they didn't really need – Willie Adamas, they kind of traded from, I mentioned Wander Franco earlier and Vidal Brujan, who can both play the middle infield. So I think it was a trade that might just work out for both sides, but certainly Adamas has been a nice pickup for a Brewers team that has needed some offense. Yeah, so uh, since being traded to the Brewers, uh, Adamas has been mashing. Uh, so he's got a 271, 364, 500 line in 14 games with the Brewers, including three homers, six runs scored, and 11 RBI. I think the more important part is that his teammates have commented uh, just to the energy he brings to the clubhouse. Christian Yelich said that he has some, some great energy, uh, to reiterate that. Really, really great energy coming from Adamas. Uh, but yeah, now with the weekend sweep of the Diamondbacks, the Brewers have won their uh, four straight in 12 of their last 15. And uh, they're also 11 and three since acquiring Adamas. Uh, so going into today, I believe uh, they are tied with the Cubs uh, for first place in the NL Central. Yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah we'll track what happens in that Cubs Padres game. But, but you, you mentioned it. The Brewers on a nice stretch, nine and one over the last 10 games, depending where you want to put the end point. Um, 
despite an offense that, I mean, currently ranks 26th among all 30 teams overall in, in combined OPS at 6.69, combined batting average of 211 for this team. It's the second worst in all of baseball ahead of only the Mariners. And Keston Hira got sent back to AAA Nashville on Monday after going two for 29 with 16 strikeouts since his return to Milwaukee's big league roster on May 24th. So even with Adamas, I think offense is still an issue. This is a, a very shallow lineup, um, but you really can't say enough about the pitching, especially the, the three-headed monster in that rotation with Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta. Woodruff, yeah, right now a 1.42 ERA, 92 strikeouts in 76 innings. Burns, a 1.97 ERA, 94 strikeouts in 59 and a third innings. Peralta, 2.25 ERA, 92 strikeouts in 64 innings. And Josh Hader's been excellent too, a 0.76 ERA, 41 strikeouts in 23 and two thirds frames with 14 saves. Good stuff. Uh, so at number 11, you've got the New York Mets climbing three spots from number 14. Uh, so now the Mets finally got get their due. I'm sure you probably heard the blunt of it from Mets fans last week. Uh, so yeah, uh, they split the series with the Padres over the weekend. Uh, so one player I want to talk about is Marcus Stroman. Uh, so in yesterday's game, he hit an RBI double uh, versus the Padres and also fans seven and six and two thirds. Uh, so uh, wow. Uh, and of of course, uh, Jacob DeGrom is being Jacob DeGrom, of course. Uh, so, yeah, uh, those Mets. Yeah, I did get some heat for moving the Mets up only one spot last week. Now they'll jump three this week, and I'm sure some Mets fans out there will be upset that they're not up in the top ten yet. Um, winners of eight of their last 11 games, including the final two games of a four-game series in San Diego this weekend, in first place in the National League East, the only team in that division with a record above 500 and a positive run differential at plus 11. It feels like that division just like hasn't gotten going yet. Um, but yeah, DeGrom was amazing again on Saturday at 0.62 ERA, 93 to eight strikeout to walk ratio through 58 innings this season. And most importantly, that like side or lower back or lat issue, whatever you want to call it, uh, appears to be in the rear view. He's looked really good in his last two outings. And also, don't look now, but offseason additions, Francisco Lindor and James McCann are, are both heating up. Lindor had a 478 OPS for the season back on May 5th. It's up to 647 now. He's batting 361 over his last 37 plate appearances, even including an 0 for 4 showing on Sunday. McCann, meanwhile, has five home runs and 13 RBIs over his last 11 games after recording only one homer and eight RBIs through his first 33 games this season. So looking good with, with Lindor and McCann starting to find their groove at the plate. Super anecdotal, but I've noticed that, uh, yeah, I, I heard more about McCann as soon as he uh, switched to first base for a moment. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if maybe uh, that's coincidental, but uh, just, just interesting to see. So going to number 15, or your third biggest riser of the week, at number 15, uh, you've got the Cincinnati Reds climbing up five spots. Now, I feel as if we probably have to talk about Jesse Winker for a little bit. Uh, so on Sunday, uh, he went deep not once, not twice, but thrice. And uh, not only that, this was also the third multi-homer game for Winker this season and his second three-homer game uh, in his career. And so he's got 17 on the year. I don't know if I, I 
home runs happen all the time. So I'm not sure if that puts him like at least in the top three uh, in all of baseball. Uh, but that just seems like a lot. But overall, on Sunday, he went three for four with those three homers, six RBI, uh, and a walk in an 8-7 win over the Cardinals. Yep, coming off a, a four-game sweep of my Cardinals. The first four-game sweep for the Reds in St. Louis since 1990. Goodness. When that, that team went on to win the World Series with Barry Larkin and Jose Rio and Chris Sabo and Eric Davis. And, yeah, you mentioned Winker. He's the first player in the 140-year history of the Reds franchise to have multiple three-homer games in a season, uh, which seems crazy. And we're only in early June. Uh, but yeah, he's batting 350 with the 17 total homers, like you mentioned, 1077 OPS, 37 RBIs, 44 runs scored through 50 games this season for Winker. Before this year, he was like a, a nice player who could get on base and provide value that way. Uh, but now we're talking about a legitimate MVP candidate at age 27, at least through the first third of the season. Nick Castellanos has stayed red hot too. Jonathan India has been a nice surprise. Tyler Malley, Wade Miley. Uh, leading the starting rotation. The bullpen needs help. I, I guess it's a good time to note that this team is still below 500 as we chat here on Monday. But um, yeah, just one game below 500. They've, they've had a nice run, especially beating the car, dominating the Cardinals, really. And they get a bump this week from 20th up into the top 15 at exactly 15th overall. So with that, those are your biggest risers of the week. Uh, so now we are going to get into your biggest fallers. So falling uh, five, so, yeah, five spots to 14, uh, you have the New York Yankees. So, uh, yeah, the Yankees seem to make some sort of appearance in your fallers uh, list. I believe this is the second or third time I've seen them on here. So definitely kind of uh, raises some concern. Uh, they were swept by the Red Sox over the weekend, and they also split the series with the Rays. What the heck is up with the Yankees? Yeah, they're either a, a biggest riser or a biggest faller every week, and it's not just because we want Yankees fans to tune in. Um, it's just It's been that kind of year for them. And we had Brian Hoke, the uh, Yankees beat writer for MLB.com, on the, the Circling the Bases podcast last week, the show that I do with DJ Short live on Thursday nights. And if you only followed this team via random posts on Twitter, you'd think they were like hovering around last place with the Orioles. Um, but that was before they got swept by the rival Red Sox, falling to just two games over the 500 mark, six and a half games back of the AL East leading Rays as we record here on Monday night. They've dropped 10 of their last 13 um, we knew that losing Corey Kluber to that shoulder injury would be problematic, especially a week after he threw a no-hitter. But the lack of power is just a really confounding thing given some of the names in that lineup. Yankees hitters have combined for a 371 slugging percentage, which ranks 25th among all 30 teams. Um, so, like, yeah, maybe th there is reason for panic. I I'm sure they're going to go get a bat at the deadline. But even still, you look at that lineup and you're like, DJ LeMahieu should start hitting at least line drives at some point soon. Um, Stanton, if he stays healthy, should be just fine. Aaron Judge, Urshela, Glaber Torres should get it going at some point. Gary Sanchez, I, I know he's got some problems overall, but he's usually a good source of power. I, I just think they're they're underperforming right now, that lineup as a whole. And I'm still not really worried, but I, I know that there's a lot of panic in the Bronx right now. Hey, maybe next week they will be amongst your biggest risers. Uh, so a little bit of momentum turn there, hopefully. That's been the trend. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. So at number 16, falling uh, five spots are your St. Louis Cardinals. Now, you mentioned that they were swept by the Reds. So, uh, yeah, I will go ahead and give you some space to to vent on what's going on here. I mean, this is a, a sinking ship. <laughs> Jack Flaherty suffered a left oblique strain oh. last, last week in Los Angeles, and it sounds like he could miss multiple months just reading through the lines. They haven't really given a timetable yet on that, but it sounds like it's pretty se- severe. Um, Mike Mike Schilt, the manager, called it more of a tear than a, than a strain. Um, yeah. which I know sometimes those are similar things, but it sounds like it's like a grade two type deal and that that's that usually like is, is eight weeks or even more um carlos martinez had one of the worst starts in modern baseball history during that series against the dodgers the same series that flaherty got hurt kwang young kim is also on the il now with a back issue he got hurt in that series against the reds in which the cardinals got swept miles michaelis is back on the il he's pitched just four innings since the end of 2019 due to ongoing shoulder and forearm problems just the starting rotation is in real trouble. Um, and the very top heavy bullpen, if you can even call it that, is just not equipped to fill the gaps. The the internal options aren't there either from a starting pitching standpoint. I don't know what the Cardinals are gonna do. They they need immediate pitching help from outside the organization and how many willing sellers are there right now, seven weeks from the July 30th trade deadline. Um, They're fortunate to be in a a weak NL central division and can maybe hover around, but I'm worried it's just, it's just going to get worse if they, if they can't get some decent starting pitching here, like maybe Johan Oviedo steps up, maybe John Gant can keep tight roping with all the walks and like maintain an ERA under two. I kind of doubt it though. Um, I don't know. Can we move on? Let's just move on. All right. I will not prolong your pain any longer. Uh, So uh, at number 28, you have the Texas Rangers. So uh, like the Yankees, uh, they were affected by the Rays effect. Uh, If there's anything keeping them out of the doldrums, however, uh, I'll end this on a positive note. It's probably Joey Gallo. Um, So he matched his season high with three walks. uh, And apparently he's done this four times. Um, and so he's raising he's raised his on-base percentage to 365. Uh, so now his 45 walks this season are tied for uh, the lead in all of Major League Baseball with uh, Yasmani Grandal, who loves his walks, uh, and Max Muncy, uh, who also uh, loves his walks as well. Uh, but other than that, uh, what is going on with the Rangers? Yeah, I just called the Cardinals a sinking ship, but I guess things could be worse. The Rangers have lost 11 of their last 12 games, 20 of their last 25. Um, I think only the Diamondbacks have been worse over that stretch. Adolis Garcia has cooled off. He's pretty much been the focus of my write-up on the Rangers week over week, but I'll have, to find, yeah, I'll have to find someone else for this week's column. Um, I was thinking Kyle Gibson. He went – Five and a third scoreless innings Friday against the Rays and his first start back from a groin strain wound up missing two weeks. He now has a 2.06 ERA and 11 starts this season, bouncing back in a major way from the 5.35 ERA he posted over 12 starts in 2020. That's really significant for the Rangers that that Gibson has turned it around because I think they're preparing to be a very active seller at the deadline. You mentioned Gallo. He's already been linked to a bunch of teams. Um, and Gibson, you know, now that I think about it, could make a lot of sense for the Cardinals. Uh, I don't want to make this a, a Cardinals podcast, but University of Missouri guy uh, making $9.7 million this year, do $7.7 million next year. Mm. I, just, I just talked myself into that. The Cardinals might as well give Gibson a try. They've had a pretty good Gibson in the past. 
uh, first name Bob. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the larger sample on, on Kyle Gibson suggests that he's pitching over his head at the moment. Um, and But the nice thing about Gibson is the Rangers probably would move him this month as opposed to someone like Max Scherzer. Um, you know, the, the Nationals are going to wait as long as possible to make that decision on a possible Scherzer trade, hoping for a turnaround as a team. They're, they're still in the hunt in the NL East despite sitting in last place, only seven games back of first. So uh, we'll see when or if Scherzer becomes available. And I think we'll, we'll start talking a lot more about trade candidates as we move closer to July 30th. I think we, we got it all, right? Yeah, I believe uh, that wraps it up. Uh, so not without uh, too much catharsis about the Cardinals, uh, but yeah, that pretty much does it. I'm resigned to them just not being very good for a while. Um, <laughs> I'm a spoiled fan as a, as a Cardinals fan. All right, that'll do it for this week's Power Rankings show. Thank you for tuning in. Check out the Power Rankings column again that goes up every Tuesday, late morning, early afternoon on NBC Sports Edge. Rankings, observations on all 30 teams. Uh, rate and review the Circling the Bases podcast. Any feedback is welcome. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Drew Silve. Janice is at Scuriosa. That's Peace right. Out. Peace.